you're listening to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. We give you the tips and strategies to help you utilize the web to get more traffic, leads and sales for your business. Now here's your host, Nick Morris. Welcome back to Web Marketing Adelaide. I'm your host, Nick Morris. and This week, we have a special guest with us, Tony Manto, a business development professional from Adelaide, of course. Uh, g'day, Tony. Welcome to the show. G'day, Nick. How are you today? Pretty good, thanks. Um, how are you? Yeah, excellent. Beautiful Adelaide. Where else would you want to be? Absolutely. Uh, this uh, week, we're talking about uh, seven steps to creating the perfect sales process. And uh, Tony's uh, you know, pretty knowledgeable about this subject. And we're pretty much going to go through the seven steps here that I've got written down and uh, make sure we give our listeners uh, lots of uh, great information. Um, it's going to help them sort of improve their sales process. So let's, uh, before we get started on, on those, uh, I'll get you, Tony, to perhaps tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and about what you do. Sure. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, well, I've been involved in selling for over 30 years. I have a diploma in sales and marketing. And over those 30 years, I've come across lots of sales seminars and techniques. And I've spent a lot of time in my career in investing in programs and books. And I've studied all the different techniques that are out there. And, and in selling, uh, it is a technique. It's, it's, it's a process. It's a bit like baking a cake where if you have all the right ingredients, you get a perfect cake. And where a lot of people fall over is they don't understand those different processes and different steps. And therefore, their conversion rate or their sales success is, is not as good as it could be. So I spent a lot of time perfecting that as much as I can. And I uh, collated and resourced sourced so many different uh, techniques. So I do actually understand which ones work best and which ones don't. And we're here today to give you a bit of an insight on how that works. Great, great. Yeah, that's that sounds good. And another thing I'll just mention before we get into it is um, I feel like a lot of people uh, focus a lot on getting people in the door, especially with websites, um, uh, with web marketing. They're focusing on getting their traffic up and they don't, so, don't sort of realize or don't really think about the fact that incre- increasing their conversion rate can uh, can greatly you know increase their bottom line without having to increase their traffic or their, or their people in the door. So it certainly can be a powerful technique. A hundred percent, and the easiest way, the easiest, easiest metaphor I can uh, share with your uh, customers or your your podcast viewers is it's a bit like a, a date, a relationship. Okay, you don't marry somebody on the first date. You have to get to know them. You have to call them. You have to uh, take them on a date, and you have to have a relationship over a period of time before you decide to get married. And a sale is very much like that. And a lot of people don't understand that process. The conversion is really after the fifth or sixth or seventh or tenth exposure. And that exposure could be via a web browser or a podcast as you're doing, which I think is brilliant, uh, a sales letter, a, a, a brochure. You know, So you've got to have people make decisions, especially in today's environment where there's lots and lots of information. People do want that information before they make the decision. So the decision process has been postponed and the, in, and the exploration process has been expanded. And there's seven stages of making a purchase decision, which I do cover in my workshop. We're not going to cover that today. But there's seven stages in making a, a decision. 
And one of those stages is, is, is collecting and, and collating information. And people nowadays have got uh, access to so much information. So therefore, you really do have to take it slower these days and give as much information as you can and uh, you know contact your customer as many times as you can before they will be comfortable to purchase from you. And, and that's where the internet marketing and web safe page. So getting customers to your web page, having a great web page is okay. It's a good start, but that's not where the success is. The success is always on the back end. And we will talk about that in our seven steps. Awesome. Well, let's uh, jump into it then. Um, I've got here step number one, knowing your market. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this, Tony? Sure. Well, these days the market is, is or any market is broken down into sub-markets or micro-markets. So a lot of people say, for instance, a bookkeeper might be targeting business owner. But there's lots of different types of businesses, as a good example. So she might target a tradie, because they tradies are very, very bad with their paperwork. But a tradie is so bad with his paperwork and so bad with payment, do you really want that tradie? You may want to have more, you might want to target people that are more, have more compliance issues. And so a web developer might want to target someone who has an online shopping cart, because he knows there is more maintenance on the back end with a shopping cart than having a normal web page. So although you might want to target certain businesses, you've got to look at your target market and define your customer and really identify who your customer really is and who your customer looks like and who's the ideal customer for you. Because within that market, there's lots of different categories and the best thing to do is to, it saves on marketing costs and, and increases your conversion rate because you start to understand your true niche customer, and it may have two or three, and that's fine. Niche marketing is where it's all about, but a shotgun approach in marketing doesn't work anymore. Identifying your target market is, is step one, and then breaking them down into sub-markets is where the key is. Identifying what each market wants and needs, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and before you go ahead and start spending your resources and your energy in trying to convert that market. So that's what a lot of people probably don't do as much as they should. Hmm. Great stuff. Well, let's let's move on to step two, which you just mentioned there, which is knowing uh, what their wants and needs are, so the, the wants and needs of your target market. Uh, what's this one about? Yeah, sure. Okay. So let's, let's relate to your your industry, Nick. You know, people probably uh, want more traffic. They want more customers, but they need a good web page to do it. They need good content to do it. So rather than try to sell them what they need, you need to identify what they want and then sell them what they want and then provide them what they need. Because there is two different things between wants and needs. Because you, you might say, look, you need a web page, but they don't need a web page, they need more customers. The web page will give them more customers. So when you have your approach, you tell them, you sell them solutions is probably the best way to, you know, what's the solution? And you talk about your solution and your product is going to provide you the solution. But if you go try and sell them the product, they're not interested. They really want to see, they really want to hear how you can satisfy their wants, but you give them what they need. So in your questioning technique, when you're interviewing a customer, it's very, very important to spend a lot of time, and a lot of people do fail here, in interviewing your customer, interviewing your client, and find out what is it they really want 
What is it they're trying to achieve? And then you weave that language back into your sales presentation and then provide them what they need on top of what they want, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I've, I've heard similar things um, in sort of uh, with regard to sales in the past about uh, perhaps in your sales copy talking about uh, the, the benefits rather than the features of a product and it's sort of more example, how, how, yeah. how it can help the customer as opposed to what you provide. And certainly with something like SEO, which is the, my, my core business, um, it, it's fairly complicated. And so I know what uh, they need, as, as you say, but um, trying to identify more what they, what they want, I think, is, is something that uh, would be useful yeah, so for me to sort of think about yeah. a bit more. Yeah, good examples. If you went through all the technical jargon, you'd lose them. You'd complicate them and they'd lose interest. No, and that's a great example. But if you say, yeah, we can achieve that. Yeah, we can achieve that. What are you looking for? Yeah, we can achieve that. And then, and then you're really just skimming over. You're, you're sort of briefing how you're going to achieve it by spending more time in uh, convincing them or uh, conversing the language that they're looking for and, then, and, the, and giving them what they're looking for, you know, giving them the language back. I want more customers. Okay, you want more sales. Okay. And so you say, yeah, we can get you more sales by optimizing your web page. By so if you go in there and say, oh, we want to optimize your web page, or we want to uh, uh, do your bookkeeping, or, or whatever the trade may be, um, that's not what they want to hear. They really want to hear the easiest way is, is provide solutions to their problems, and that's what yep, they want. Yep, yep, absolutely, that makes sense. Um, let's move on to step number three here. I've got understand the competition or current supplier. Can you explain mm -hmm. a bit more about this one? Yeah, sure. Obviously, you know, you're not alone. There's a competition out there. And uh, once again, the bookkeeper may, oh, you know, they may be targeting a certain customer or the web page developer, but they may already have a supplier. So a couple of things here. You have to understand who your, who your competitor is, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then what, and that's okay, that's step one. But the second thing, if you can find that out, and you may find that out in your interview process, is finding out who their current supplier is. So, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you about your web page development. Oh, we already have a web page guy. So you're dead in the water. But if you understand what your competitor does, and more importantly, what he doesn't do, then then you tailor what he doesn't do into your strategy and then turn around and use that as your conversation piece or your strategy when you talk to him, rather than going in there and targeting in, indiscriminately different companies which already have a supplier. You know, if you don't understand who your market is, what they're doing and what they're doing well and, and what they're not doing well, um, you're really on the back foot when talking to your customer and you're probably uh, going to convert more sales if you do understand, spend a bit of time researching, and these days for the net, it's brilliant. You can go in in there and they list all their services, and you can see their back end for someone that's got more technical, uh, yeah, how they're optimizing their web page. And so you, and even your customer that you're talking to, you can go into their web page and you can see all the links in the back end there. So you can actually pinpoint what their current web provider is not providing them. So once you've done that, then you can then go in there and, and know exactly where you're going to target because you've already done your homework. 
So basically what I'm saying is before you target particular customers, you really have to do your, your homework on who they are, who they're currently using, and, and, and as much information about the customer as you can uh, before you even start talking to them. Yep, yep, that makes uh, makes perfect sense. You really want to do your research and sort of know where you stand and how your products and services kind of uh, compare to your to the ones that your competitors are providing. So I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, let's move on to step number four: defining your uniqueness. Uh, what do you mean by this, Tony? Well, that sort of leads into the next step because once you understand who you who your competitors are, we're all unique. We've all got our own strengths and weaknesses. And if you don't really have one, if you're just a me too, you're also going to struggle. So you really have to, if you don't have a strength, you have to develop a strength. And so you might turn around and say, well, look, I know that a lot of people don't do uh, content management, as an example, in your field. Uh, and I'm very good at content management. I understand copywriting, understand how, you know, the sales language, understand how to link it on the back end. And I believe I'm very, very strong there. So, you know, once again, if you have a, a uniqueness, you have to portray that. Why should I do business with you compared to any other web developer or bookkeeper or hairdresser or whatever? So, if you know, a hairdresser might be uh, an international uh, uh, finalist in the competition uh, or they're, 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 their strength is in streaking or um, uh, hair extensions. So, just to be a hairdresser, just to be a bookkeeper, you become what I call a me too. So you really, if you, you know, there's an old saying, differentiate or die. And that's probably the best way to put it. If you can't differentiate yourself, you can't stand out amongst the crowd and have to talk to portray that information, you're really just swimming in the ocean of, of competition. And, and once again, um, your success rate isn't going to be as high. If you can't identify that, and once you identify that, that's okay. But the secret is to portray that to your customer. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. That's probably one I think um, that people might struggle with a lot, especially if they don't have something obvious that they can just sort of say, "This is my strength." Um, for some, for a business that's um, perhaps in a position where they don't really know what their strength is, or they don't know if they have a particular strength. Are there, is there anything they can do to try and discover this or should, should it be more about sort of going back to their competitors, the stuff we've talked about before and figuring out where there's a gap and then maybe making that their strength or is there any, do you have anything, tips on that? Yeah, they need to come talk to me. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> someone perhaps that uh, can, can look at externally and... Um, that, that's what I'm, I'm being facetious but absolutely is what I'm saying because quite often we can't see, well very often... Most human beings, if you do consumer behavior and study psychology like I have, we can't see our own weaknesses. We, we don't understand them. And by having an external source, it could be you, it could be anybody. I'm just being, I'm just joking there. Ask how, you know, most businesses, okay, here's the, here's the answer. Most businesses have customers, otherwise they wouldn't be in business. So the easiest place to start is ask your existing customer. Yeah, what do you? Why did you choose me? What do you think we do well? So there's lots of ways to find that out. Yeah, yes, you can do them. You know, if you're starting out, you do you do uh, the market research, you do your competitor research, 
and then you come out what you think you do well, but quite often what you think you do well is not what your customer thinks you do well. So, so you can do it by external, you know, absolutely, you get a, a, a mentor or someone that's experienced in that, and then once again, which probably leads into our next question, or next topic, is um, lots of questions that you can ask that will uncover that. And if you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. And sometimes you get it through your customers, sometimes you get it through your market research, other times you'll just get it through friends and associates or professionals. So if you can't define that, well then yeah, you need to get external sources to um, ask for input. Great. And uh, yeah, I think um, that, that tip about asking your customers, that that uh, rings well with me. That seems like a really, a really obvious now that you mention it. But um, perhaps it's something that a lot of people would miss. You know, ask your customers why why did they uh, buy from you, or why had, had they become a customer of yours? What did they what do they see as your strength, and then you can bring that back in and uh, and take that information on board. And, what, and once you got that, that's become a testimonial in its own right. So you can then turn around and you can use that as part of your sales process and say XYZ used us and it's always better to use a third person than talk from yourself because then everybody thinks you're too vain and you're spooking yourself up. So the best thing to do when you're in your sales process and this is the techniques that I teach is is is, is teaching, uh, portraying it as a third person and XYZ did this because of that and uh, WYB did this because of that, you know, and they chose us for this reason. So that's always a better position to take and saying we're the best, we do this well and we do that well. Because if you sound like you're blowing you know, wind up yourself and that's not what people want to hear, uh, it is better to come from an external person. So if you, if you ask, you know, if you, if you ask your customer base, if you get a consultant and whatever, uh, then you use that as part of your marketing strategy when you're, or your sales strategy when you're talking to your customer. Yeah, perfect. Uh, testimonials, I think, can be very powerful, so that, that fits in well. Uh, okay, step number five here I've got, uh, which you just discussed a little bit, is qualifying your customers. Can you just sure. expand on this a little bit? Yeah, yeah sure. Excuse me. <coughs> well, when you have a customer that you're talking to, he may not be ready to buy. He may be waiting for his budget, or he might be out of money. He can't pay you. He might say, yeah, he wants to do your work, and you do all this great work, and then he can't pay you. Or you might spend hours and hours of time, they call it, what they call gatekeepers, which are people that sort of protect the decision maker. So you may be uh, talking many hours to the wrong person. Now you may be talking, uh, spending a lot of time and effort and information to a customer that hasn't got the funds to buy, that's not ready to buy. As I said to you in the sales process, um, there's certain stages that they go through. And let's talk about the information gathering stage, which is just one of the seven steps. Within the information gathering age, you have a beginning and an end. So if you're the first person they speak to, you have to be very, very good to convert that person. You have to know where they are in the decision-making process and in their buying cycle. When are you looking at doing this? Are we doing it in July? Oh, that's fine. I'm talking to you in June. Okay, so you have to qualify, you know, how much money do you have to spend? What's your budget? So once again, rather than if you don't ask all those questions and you put together a $10,000 uh, option, you're going to lose your sale. 
future future around so look i've got three thousand dollars to spend or i've got ten thousand dollars to spend over the next three months uh, we want to do it in three stages uh, i have to get signed off by sydney i have to get signed off by my partner uh, my wife's having a baby you know there's lots of yeah you know, really and by understanding that you you understand where the customer is in his decision making process and then you understand whether to go into for the close now or you go into the close later so once again it's all about timing you don't want to start to close or put the hard sell on in now when you know that he's just started the information process so if he started the information process you might turn around and say let me send you a brochure or can we meet up for coffee or I'll probably up in a month's time or, or whatever so, so you've got to give him a bit of time to digest that information if you know he's had three quotes and he and you're the last quote, well then your process and the the language that you use and the strategy that you use might be a little bit different. You might be a little bit harder, a little bit more aggressive in in in, in the close because you know he's fed up. And knowing that you then can change your strategy. Well, what are the others got that you don't? You know, and if you know that he's had three quotes, you might turn around and say, "Okay, what have they said to you?" And he'll tell you. I'll tell you. And I'll tell you. So you already know you're in a, you're in a great position because you actually already know. Oh, they provided me this, and they provided me that, and then then you actually then using that information, you know what they haven't provided, or where they're missing the mark, uh, and then you're in a better position to close the sale. So by qualifying your customer, not only that he can pay you, but where he is in the decision making process. Uh, once again, it all adds up to converting more sales. Mm, perfect. Yeah, that, that makes that makes a good amount of sense there as well. And it seems to fit in with uh, what we were saying earlier as well, which is great. Um, okay, step number six here: closing questions. Um, sure. Yeah. What, what, what's this one about? Okay. Well, well in, the sales, in the sales process, you have uh, probing questions, which we've been talking about, and probing questions are information that are seeking. There are questions that are seeking more information, and once I've got the information from you, uh, then I know which cards to play. Okay. Closing questions are basically, you know, qualifying questions or getting people to have little yes responses to little bits of your presentation. So you might turn around and say, "Are you looking for a shopping cart?" Yes. Are you looking for five-page shopping cart? Yes. So you, so that's all a close. So you, you understand that he's ready to buy a shopping cart. You ready to buy a five-page shopping cart. And uh, when are you when when are you ready? As a you know, uh, so you're ready in June. Yes. So that's a closing question. So basically, you're shutting all the doors of, and you're bringing the, the 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 customer down to a close. So you can think of it as a funnel. So at the top end of the sales process, you're asking all these information and questions, and you're qualifying him and qualifying him, and closing question which qualifies him a bit more. A closing question which is just really probably better. To say qualifying questions that get a yes or no answer. And that's a closing question. And, and, and you and the best thing to do is ask questions that give you the response that you're looking for. Because if you ask the wrong question, you'll get the wrong response, which takes you away from the close. Mm. So so it's important to understand which questions to ask when and, and how to ask them, and you just narrow the customer down to a sale. And that's what's called closing questions. Great, yeah. So narrow them down on the funnel. Uh, that seems to make sense, and and kind of leading them where you want them to go with the questions. 
Um, yeah, uh, that, that, that's good. Let's um, let's move on to the the last step in our, our seven steps here we've got for this uh, podcast, which is uh, the follow up process. Um, now, this something tells me that this is perhaps this might be an area where I'm lacking a little bit, so I'm certainly interested to hear what you have to say on this one, and, and perhaps <laughs> maybe other people as well um, uh, struggle with the follow-up process. So let, let's um, hear, hear what you've got on this. Absolutely, Nick. You're not alone. So you, you, you can be rest assured. A lot of people, or you know, there's a lot of cliches that have been that get bantered around, and people actually don't understand them. And one of the cliches is the money is in the back end. I don't know if you've heard that one before. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. Okay. So what? So the money is back. So so here's my formula that's always worked for me over thirty years, and I, I you know it's seven, thirty, and nine. Okay. So let me explain to you. So you know people spend a lot of time. Say for instance, you know you've got a pergola guy coming out to give you a quote. He comes out. He measures, he tapes, he draws everything out, he puts together a nice presentation and he leaves it with you. And you're not quite ready to buy, he doesn't close your world and you want to think about it, which is fine. He spends all that time and he never ever follows you up. Now why wouldn't you do that? You know, why wouldn't you so my follow-up formula is within seven days is his first contact. Then he still hasn't made a decision, you want to follow up within thirty days. And he still hasn't followed up a position, you want to contact him every 90 days for the rest of your life. And this is where your online podcasting and marketing comes into it. Because he may not be ready to buy, but if you qualified him earlier, like I said, you would know that. But having said that, they still need time to digest and follow up. And a lot of people put presentations together and never, ever follow up. Or they just follow up once and then they forget about it. Okay? My recommendation is follow up seven days, 30 days, and 90 days. And even if they make a purchase, you still want to follow up. Because that's where you get, I think statistically 68% of people that aren't happy with your service don't say anything. There's some stats that are floating out there. So you want to know that. And that's where you get your raving fans. That's where you get your clientele base that, that, that loves you and you you know you may sell them something else because statistically if they bought something from you they buy something else from you. Okay, so that follow up process not only to close the sale is also to get additional sales. And a lot of people do fail or when they're ready they'll ring me no. You really all my success comes in following up, following up, following up, following up. Uh, and and if there's one thing I want to stress that is where a lot of people will have more success. Just by simply asking the question and going back, how did you go? Oh, yeah, you forgot to put a price on it. <laughs> you forget, it happens, you know? Or you forgot to give me your phone number. Oh, I lost your phone number. I'm glad that you rang. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, that's happened to you. I mean, it happened to us before our little podcast. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't find your number. So, so once again, if I, if I don't follow up, if I don't, you know, give you all the information that you need and see that you love me and you're happy with my service, not only am I going to convert more, I'm going to get more raving customers, I'm going to get more referrals and you're going to get more sales in the future. And that's where I'm thinking a lot of people fail by making that one sale and you have, do you have a customer or do you have a sale? 
because once of sale is a sale, if you want success in business, you have to create customers. And customers are repeat purchases. And that's where the follow-up in your podcasting, in your online marketing and social media really, really uh, fits into what we're talking about. Great, Tony. Great tips to finish off. Um, everything you said there uh, is, seems really great and I think it's something that my listeners should definitely uh, make, make some notes on and uh, try and think about how they can bring that into their process. Um, I like the you know, follow-up every 90 days for the rest of your life. Um, because, as you say, I mean, they may not be ready to buy now, and you, sh you should have learned that earlier in the process. But they may be le ready to buy, you know, six months down the track. It might not be after the first two follow-ups. It might be you know, months and months away. Um, and I've actually had that before, where I've had someone I met at a networking event, and then they eventually they became a customer like a year later or something. So absolutely, um, And on, on this occasion, I didn't actually follow up with them. They just sort of found my email somewhere and, and recontacted me. But it, I guess there could be plenty of people who don't, you know, get back in contact. But if I'm getting in contact with them, I can uh, get that sale that otherwise would have been lost. Um, well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the interview. Um, thanks very much for coming on the, the show, Tony. But before we go, um, do you have anything uh, you, you would like to uh, tell to our listeners Um regarding uh, what you're doing about your course and stuff? Or? Sure, sure. Look, what I've done, as I said to you earlier, excuse me, <coughs> I've put together um, just a, a manual program, which is basically, you know, over 30 years, it's impossible to teach you in, in 10 minutes. Yeah. There, there is a procedure and a technique. It's a bit like yeah, a recipe for success in selling. And there's hundreds and hundreds of different techniques that you can use in different situations. So what I've done, I've gone through over 30 years of all the sales course. You know, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars in my knowledge, um, and I've collated in all the very, very best techniques into a workshop, into a standalone manual. Now, what I want to offer your customers, or invite your customers to do, is we want to offer this to your customers uh, or to your uh, listeners uh, as a download or a two-day workshop. And with a two-day workshop, you'll spend uh, two half days with me. We'll go through this step by step. We'll answer a lot of questions, and then we'll tailor make these solutions to your business. The answers are in here, but you know, without that one-on-one -on -one consultation, you, you may not get it quite right. But ha having said that, uh, the download will put you uh, far ahead of the game of where you are now. So we would like to offer this to your customers on your web page as a download or if they want to talk to us about the, or talk to me about um, a two-day workshop, obviously I need the numbers to do that. I can't do it for one person. Uh, so we'll need to take registers of, uh, expressions of interest and as uh, we get you know, half a dozen people that may uh, want to do a sales workshop, uh, we'll follow you up. And uh, we'll, we'll invite you to a workshop later on. So, um, yeah, that's you know, over 30 years of the making. And um, like I said, you know, uh, the best of the best is in there. And I just invite your customers to uh, you know, have a look at that and consider investing in that because uh, I do offer a 100% money back guarantee. If they, can't, uh, if they can't convert more sales by reading and applying this information, We'll more than happy give them their money back. So uh, all the details will be on your webpage, Nick, and uh, invite your customers to contact us through there. 
Great, Dan. Yeah, great. Um, sounds like a really good course and, and downloadable as well if um, people want that option. Um, people can head to our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au and check out the show notes for episode number 33, which is this episode, where I'll have all the details um, that Tony just mentioned, um, how you can find out more information, how you can register your interest for the, the two-day workshop. Um, you can also I'll also put it on our products page uh, as a link there. So if you just go to the, the website and click on the products link, you can find a, a link to that information as well from there. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show, Tony. It's been a really insightful chat, and uh, there's certainly some stuff in here that uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I can think I can uh, apply to my own business. So uh, it's been a really interesting chat this morning. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Nick, for having me. Cheers. That brings us to the end of another podcast. For more information about this episode and all our others, head to our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au.